Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us this day. Please know you're always welcome here at Trinity Lutheran Church. And we come to one of the most joyful days in the church year, and that is All Saints Day, a day where we remember the faithful departed and give thanks to God for the grace given to them and also to us as we are all God's baptized saints, clinging to Christ in faith and receiving from him those uh, blessings of forgiveness, life, and salvation. I'll turn your attention to the inside of the back cover of your bulletin where we have that focused on Christ section. It's a summary of our readings for the day. A great multitude from all tribes and peoples and languages cry out, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne. Faith-filled saints from every place and time with unified voices eternally magnify the Lamb of God. As his beloved children, we too shall see him as he is. Join with the throng of angels and a myriad of saints, we shall serve him day and night in his temple. In our earthly tension, vacillating between saint and sinner, faith and doubt, sacred and profane, we earnestly seek Jesus to calm our fears, comfort our spirits, and forgive our sins. The Holy Spirit, through faith in Christ, propels us forward, fortifying us in word and sacrament to our eternal home. In the midst of our constant struggle as believers, we need to be blessed, and so we are. The poor in spirit, the meek, the hungry, the thirsty, the merciful, the pure, and the persecuted are all blessed, as we will most certainly inherit the kingdom of heaven. We are also greatly blessed this day to receive the Lord's body and blood from the communion of this altar. And so with all saints, we join together in one common confession. And that is what our Lord bids us do in his word, that we come together confessing the same, not just concerning the sacrament, but the whole of what it is that we believe and confess as Christians. And so therefore, we do ask that those joining us at the altar this day be members either of this congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod joining us in that one common Christian faith. And so we will then receive the Lord's body and blood in great joy and receiving those blessings he has for us in this sacred meal. Our service this day is Divine Service Setting 3 as it begins on page 184. Uh, we'll sing the first hymn in just a moment. I do want to note that is, as it is All Saints Day, we will have the remembrance of the faithful departed during the prayer of the church this day. And that is noted in your bulletin on the prayer insert. And so we will have then the, the chiming of the bell after the naming of each of those saints. And so now at this time we will sing uh, the first hymn, uh, hymn number 904. Almighty and everlasting God, you knit together your faithful people of all times and places into one holy communion, the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ. Grant us so to follow your blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that together with them we may come to the unspeakable joys you have prepared for those who love you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. The first reading for the Feast of All Saints is from the Revelation to St. John, chapter 7. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. 
And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 1 John, chapter 3. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who thus hopes in Him purifies himself as he is pure. This is the gospel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please be seated. The text for our meditation this day is the Gospel lesson appointed for All Saints Day. And so, dear Christians, a joyous All Saints Day to you. You know, of all the feast days in the church here, other than Christmas and Easter, All Saints Day holds a special place in the hearts and minds of Christians. It is a day of profound comfort. And the source of this comfort is Jesus, God's promises in Christ. We are comforted by the sure and certain promise of eternal life for those who trust in the risen and living Jesus Christ. Our Father has kept his promise. And our beloved Christian friends and family, they now stand before God's throne in peace and in joy. 
We rest in this truth. And we long to join the saints who have gone before us in the unspeakable joys God has prepared for those who love him, as we prayed in the collect. Those saints and martyrs who are standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, they are the blessed ones. And so are you. You also are the blessed ones of God. You are God's saints, his holy ones, by grace. In baptism, the Holy Spirit gave you faith in Christ, and you were adopted by your Heavenly Father into his eternal family. But what does it mean to be blessed? Jesus certainly speaks a great deal about it in the Gospel lesson this day. It has become popular in recent memory, at least, to toss the word blessed around. But what does Jesus mean when he says, blessed are? Well, that's what we will dig into today. But first, a little context. These first 12 verses of Matthew 5 are the beginning of our Lord's Sermon on the Mount, a lengthy teaching that spans all of chapters 5, 6, and 7 in St. Matthew's Gospel. It's worth noting that these 12 verses, known as the Beatitudes, they're spoken directly to Jesus' 12 disciples. The crowds had not yet gathered to Jesus when he said these things. Therefore, this was a more intimate teaching than we often picture in our minds. And so with that image perhaps a little clearer in our mind's eye this morning, let's take a closer look at what Jesus says to his disciples. Now, that word blessed in the Greek is the word makarioi. And over the years, translators, they've kind of struggled some to bring the full meaning and context of this word into English. Blessed is by far the most popular translation, probably the best word choice. Some translators choose happy, but that word falls short of what Jesus is actually talking about here. Especially today, the word happy, well, it's kind of empty. It's superficial. Another word sometimes used for makarioi is fortunate, but even that doesn't really cover it. To be makarioi, or blessed, it has the sense of God being the giver of spiritual gifts, spiritual benefits, and the blessed ones are the recipients. Perhaps a better way to capture the meaning is to say admirable or praiseworthy. Now that might strike you as a little odd, but the understanding is that God is the one who has given this person the quality that is admirable or praiseworthy. Now, I realize that might sound a little abstract, so let's put this into everyday life, shall we? Think of the departed saints whom you love. What was admirable or praiseworthy about those saints in your life who are now with the Lord? What aspects of their character, their Christian faith, caused you to admire them, to praise them, and to love them? Was it their compassion and care for others? Was it their willingness to serve without being called upon? They just saw a need and they filled it. Perhaps you admired the fact that they sacrificed for the benefit of their family, their congregation, and their community, all their neighbors. Did this saint that you're thinking of, did they have a way of putting the best construction on a person's words and actions, always explaining or at least striving to explain things in the kindest way? Did they possess a strong work ethic? Not for show, but just to the glory of God the Father, because that's who God made them. Did they use their God-given talents and resources for the benefit of those around them instead of for personal gain? Or was this particular saint a Christian of simple yet exceptional faith, one who clung to God's promises in Christ Jesus even when everything looked grim and bleak? Blessed are they. 
Indeed, these admirable and praiseworthy traits are something that the Holy Spirit worked in them by means of God's word and sacrament. You see, on our own as sinners, we are cursed, not blessed. In God's eyes, the blessed ones are those who cling to Jesus and his promises by faith. There is an inseparable connection between having faith in Jesus and being makarioi, blessed. So are you starting to get the picture? Well, let's keep digging in, shall we? Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, what could be admirable or praiseworthy about being poor in spirit? Well, think about it from God's perspective. Those who are poor in spirit know that they are spiritual beggars. In other words, they are sinners who have been laid low and humbled by God's law, his holy Ten Commandments. The poor in spirit trust in Christ alone for their forgiveness, eternal life, and salvation. And therefore, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Praiseworthy are those who mourn? Well, that actually sounds kind of cruel from a human perspective. But when viewed from God's perspective, those who mourn are those who mourn their sinful condition and mourn the sinful state of the things in this fallen world. Just as with the poor in spirit, those who mourn their sin, they trust in Christ alone for forgiveness, peace, and salvation from death and hell. It is they who shall be comforted now with and in Christ's word and sacrament and then also in eternity when they are set free from sin, death, and Satan forever. Do you see it? Is it becoming clearer now? Jesus said, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Admirable and praiseworthy are the mighty, the boisterous and the bold, the better than everyone else. No. Not at all. Not in God's eyes. Admirable are the meek. The humble ones who know their status before God and man is defined by Christ crucified and resurrected. And nothing else. Blessed are the meek and humble, for their strength and their greatness are found in Jesus Christ, who, despite being Almighty God, humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, as St. Paul says, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee, should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Blessed are the meek, for in Christ they shall inherit the new heavens and the new earth. Is it becoming more clear? The blessedness Jesus speaks of is inseparably connected to faith. The admirable and praiseworthy things Jesus speaks of in these verses are true of God's saints because we are baptized into Christ, holding fast to him by faith. Let's keep going. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Admirable and praiseworthy are God's saints, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied, filled. Through the Ten Commandments, the Holy Spirit has shown you your spiritual poverty. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. The law causes us to mourn our sinfulness. Blessed are those who mourn. And yet... That same Holy Spirit also causes you to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now, dear saints, Satan in this sinful world, they offer all kinds of things that promise 
to satisfy our hunger and thirst for righteousness, but these things are ash and they are dust. The lies of Satan are empty and they are deadly. The things our sinful flesh lusts after, they only leave us with greater hunger and thirst. If any of you have had the chance to see it, I'm reminded of the movie The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, where, well, the mischievous brother is there, sitting in the carriage with the Ice Queen, who is the picture of evil, the satanic character in the story. And he's wanting something to satisfy his hungry tummy, so she gives him some candies, some little chewy treats. And when he's had his fill and he no longer cares for them, she tosses them in a snowbank and they immediately turn to ash and dust. As are the things that only satisfy our flesh. It is true that God gives us what we need, our daily bread for this body and life, but we are not to worship these things. Rather, we are to worship the creator and giver of every good and perfect gift. You see, we are desired the things of the spirit. And so then, when we lust after these things that leave us with greater hunger and thirst. The Spirit reveals our sinfulness to us through the law, and we are horrified by the darkness and depravity we see. Thanks be to God that what we need most, what we hunger and thirst for, God provides in abundance. Christ Jesus sets his banquet table before you in the presence of your enemies. Here in the divine service, Jesus seats you at his table, and he gives you a feast. He clothes you. He covers you with his righteousness as with a wedding garment. And he serves you. The very bread of heaven itself, his body broken for you, is yours. Your cup is filled to overflowing with fine wine, aged on the lees, his very blood shed for you. God knows your greatest need. He knows your hunger and thirst for righteousness. And he feeds you in lavish abundance. Your plate, it has no more room. Your cup is filled to overflowing. You are welcomed, forgiven, and pardoned. You are restored, filled, and satisfied. You are blessed. The all-surpassing beauty and joy in this feast of mercy is actually that it is but a foretaste. The best is still yet to come. So, oh yes, dear saints, blessed indeed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Let me ask you, saints of God, what happens when Christ Jesus mercifully absolves you, forgives you of your sins, and feeds you of his body and blood to nourish and strengthen you? It changes you. The same Holy Spirit who calls you to repentance and then gives you the peace of sins forgiven, he also sends you out in that peace. Christ fills you to overflowing with his mercy. He then sends you out to show his mercy to your neighbors. Remember the parable of the Good Samaritan? When Jesus finished the parable, he asked the lawyer, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And the lawyer responded to Jesus saying, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. We have been shown great and abundant mercy by God, by Jesus, our good Samaritan. And so with the help of his spirit, we show that same mercy toward our neighbors, whether it be family, friends, or even an enemy. Now, this does not mean that we tolerate or encourage unrepentant sin. Rather, it means we show mercy toward the repentant, those whom the spirit has caused to mourn their sin and be poor in spirit, to those repentant sinners 
God sends you to bring the comfort and peace of sins forgiven in Christ. It is as it is with the woman at the well in the Gospel of John. Come and meet a man who's told me everything I've ever done. Come and hear Jesus, what he has to say to you. You simply confess the truth, that for the sake of Jesus, God forgives us our sins. You see, our showing mercy to others has the same tone as the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer, where Jesus teaches us to pray and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. As we have been forgiven, so we also forgive others. Next, our Lord says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, I think at this point, you see it. We know all too well that purity of heart is not something we come by naturally. We have inherited original sin from our forebears, Adam and Eve. And we have our actual sins that we have added to those of thought, word, and deed. God's word reveals that we, by nature, are sinful and unclean. We also know that we cannot make our hearts pure, or anyone else's for that matter. The purity of our hearts is a gift of God's grace in Christ. It is Jesus who has cleansed our sinful hearts and made them pure by the shedding of his holy precious blood on the cross for us and for all the saints. It is the same purity that is seen in the reading from Revelation today. St. John writes, Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. You are clothed in white robes of righteousness, washed and made clean by the blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In baptism, your hearts were sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and your bodies washed with pure water, as we read in Hebrews 10. Your holiness and purity of heart is God's gift to you. It is a gift of grace received through faith in Jesus. Therefore, blessed are you, for you shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. The peacemakers are also those who love peace. Now, Jesus is not narrowly speaking of political peace between nations or between warring factions. He is speaking of peace between God and man, the very same peace which the angels proclaimed at the birth of Jesus, the peace that Jesus came to bring. God's blessed ones do not stir up violence or hatred between God and man or between people. Rather, God's blessed ones live in peace which Jesus accomplished and won by his death on the cross. If you can, think of the Garden of Eden before the fall into sin. Try to picture that in your minds. There was perfect peace between God and man, man and woman, between humanity and creation. Everything was in order. Everything was peaceful. Everything was very good. Well, God's repentant saints are those who love this peace, long for this peace, and share this peace with their neighbors. And the source of this peace is none other than Christ Jesus. As those who have been baptized into Christ and joined to his death and resurrection, we live in this peace both now and forever. And by God's grace, we are called sons of God, just as St. John spoke of in the epistle this day. As we come to the last of Jesus' teaching from the gospel lesson this day, we'll take it all together. Jesus said, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Our Lord Jesus says, praiseworthy and admirable are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Blessed are you, he says. It is admirable in my sight when others revile, insult, and abuse you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. Why? Because your reward is great in heaven, not in this world. He says, those who bore my name before you, the prophets of old, were persecuted in the same way. Blessed are you, for your identity is in me. My righteousness is your righteousness. My forgiveness is yours. My kingdom is yours. Blessed are you. Dear saints, if this world hates us, or if this world rather hated Jesus, it will hate us. Our Lord has told us about this more than once in his word. We cannot be shocked at this. And so let them rage all they want. They cannot take you from God's hand. Your heavenly Father has already spoken the words about you that matter more than any other. For the sake of Jesus, you are not guilty. You are redeemed. Your sin, shame, and trespasses are paid for and covered with Jesus' blood. God has washed you clean and made you his own in holy baptism, claiming you as his child. Blessed are you. All those who have faith in Christ are God's chosen people, his holy Christian church, those whom the Holy Spirit has called, gathered, enlightened, sanctified, and keeps in the one true faith. And so on this All Saints Day, as you remember those who have gone before us in the faith, give thanks to God. By God's grace, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. As it is for them, may it soon be for us. Amen. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For deliverance from all that harms the body and assaults the soul, and for trust to commend ourselves, our bodies, and all things into the hand of our faithful God, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all ministers of the gospel and for the congregations committed to their care, that they may proclaim the comfort of Christ's sacrifice and the joy of his resurrection to all who grieve their sin and mourn their dead. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For fathers and mothers, that they would be strengthened to raise their children in the faith. For those who long for families, that their prayers would be answered. And for ex expectant mothers and their little ones, that they would be preserved and protected. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all in authority over us, especially those who work to bring peace and justice, that God would supply them with his blessing, that they may be inclined to his will and walk according to his commandments, and that he would grant wisdom to our citizens and courage and competence to our leaders. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For those who are sick, suffering, recovering from illness, injury, or surgery, we especially pray for Martha Draley, Reverend Brian Thorson, John Mottman, Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, 
Chuck Lichty, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, that the Lord would be their rock and fortress in their distress. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who mourn the loss of those they love, that we would be brought at last to the place of everlasting light and life, to see God face to face and live in his presence forevermore. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. In joyful expectation of the resurrection to life eternal, we remember before the Lord our departed family and friends who have gone before us in faith and all those who are in our hearts and minds on this day. Danny Tate. Anita Grafe. Jean Tate. Bernice White. Christy Beckemeyer. Ron Gibson. Almighty God, we remember with thanksgiving those who loved and served you in your church on earth and who now rest from their labors. Grant us so to follow your blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that together with them we may come to the unspeakable joys you have prepared for those who love you. All these things and whatever else you know that we need, grant us, Father, for the sake of him who died and rose again and now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Again, a blessed All Saints Day to you all as we continue with our morning. Of course, we have Sunday school and Bible study immediately following the service. And uh, please note, those coming to the adult Bible study, I will ask you again to bring a hymnal. You will need it as we'll be studying our hymn of the day for all the saints. Uh, this coming Tuesday, our circuit pastor's meeting is going to be held all the way up in Trenton, as we'll be meeting with our brothers and sisters in Christ up there, and the pastors will be continuing to study. Uh, Wednesday has our midweek schedule at 3.36 and 7, and so I'll direct your attention to the uh, bulletin there for each of those respective events. And then Thursday, November 10th at 6 p.m., we have our handbells practice, and then the voters meeting at 7.30. Please note the Thanksgiving cards, they're available now in the library. If you have any questions about that, please contact Louise Brown. And again, voters, uh, do note that this Thursday at 7.30 we have our meeting. And then uh, coming up later on this month, on the 20th, the Trinity Women's Group will be hosting their Hands of Mercy now, if you know someone that could use a warm meal, please contact Nan Hutchison to have them nominated. Uh, nominations will be received until Sunday, November 13th. So that's until next Sunday. So you have a week. Uh, so please note that. God's blessings to you, you blessed ones in the Lord, as you go into this week, uh, having received the mercy of Christ, uh, rejoicing in that mercy and sharing it as God gives you opportunity. The Lord bless you and keep you. I'll greet you at the door.